Yeah, this is my life. I'm done trying to convince people I'm real. Sleep, never retreat. All right, we got Abe Alvarado here for our last chance to talk before he competes at the Olympic trials. This is so very exciting. Abe, tell us where you are right now. So right now I'm in Portland, Oregon. I'm getting ready to head over to Eugene tomorrow to start prepping for, you know, my first race this Friday. Man, what is it? at this point in the week, obviously we're, you know, several days away from when you're going to compete. Are you like already getting like anxious and excited or does that stuff um, not percolate this early? No, I mean, it hasn't really hit me yet. Maybe because I'm not in Eugene yet, but um, I've done this plenty of times. So I'm not, you know, I'm trying to stay calm, cool and collected and just, uh, just see it as one of, you know, every other race that I've ran this year, um, I'm well prepared for it. So there's, there's nothing new, you know, I'm just going to go out there and, and run my own race. So. Absolutely. All right. So who are you traveling with? Uh, so I'm traveling with, uh, my girlfriend, Ali Wilson and my coach, uh, Andrew Bagley. Okay. All right. And for people who don't know Ali, well, you and I have talked about her on several occasions during this series. Um, she also competes for the Atlanta track club. She was actually recently on, the C Tolly Run podcast with Carrie Tollison. So if people want to learn more about her, she's, you know, just like yourself, competing for a spot on the team. And she's run very, very well this year. Um, we're not going to spend the time talking about her, but I do want to tell people, go check out that podcast with Carrie. It's excellent. So let's talk about you. So right now, uh, we'll talk about what's happened in the last couple of weeks, but leading into the trials, do you know right now what the schedule of events is for you? Uh, so right now, yes. Um, so the first round of the 800 starts this Friday. Um, the semifinal is on Saturday. Uh, we get a day's rest. Um, and then on Monday is 800 final. And then I get two days in between um, until the uh, 1500 uh, prelim. And that would be Thursday of next week. And then so on Friday is a 1500 prelim or semifinal, you get a day's rest. And then on Sunday, it's the 1500 final. This is so exciting. And we started talking a few months ago. You know, you seemed like you were much more focused on the 800, that you were going to run the 1500s, but that really wasn't the heart of the plan. Um, was that you just kind of conserving or keeping that little bit under wraps? Or is that, was that legitimately how you kind of approached the season? Um, so yes, in a way, um, I mean, from the start, uh, me and my coach kind of, um, we, we never, we never really said, oh, we're going to do this one event. It was more of whatever I was running the strongest in and, um, you know, coming into the season, um, you know, I had ran three thirty six in the 1500 indoors. Um, and so, you know, the 1500 was uh, kind of became one of my stronger events. Um, but as the season progressed this year, um, kind of realized that, you know, I'm strong enough in both. Um, and so, I mean, I've always ran the 800, you know, at USA championships. And so I kind of have that experience. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I think it's nice that, you know, I can give myself two opportunities, um, in two different events. Absolutely. It really is super exciting. How has this realization, like, all right, you know, you got to the point where you were obviously doing very well in both. And that at a certain point, there was no need 
to choose between the two because you can actually compete in both at the trials and some athletes just don't have that choice, right? Like the 800 and the 400 meter athletes have to kind of decide, right? One or the other. And you're in a position where you can do both. How did you alter your training or not alter your training with that in mind? Were you able just to do the the, the typical thing or did you have to um, prepare yourself differently with the 1500 meters on the table as opposed to simply doing the 800? Mm, no, I think um, my coaches did a very well job of, you know, get, getting me a strong base early on um, so that I can, you know, run well in both. Um, I think it's easier to, you know, strength equals speed. And so um, I think it was easy, an easy tra- uh, transition um, to, you know, getting the legs moving faster um, towards the end of the season. Um, for the championship races, um, just kind of implementing the speed, knowing that I have a good base, uh, my body adapted quickly. Um, and so, yeah, I don't think that the training, um, was, would have been any different just because, you know, for the 800, you, you need strength for those rounds. Um, and so it was almost just, a just kind of like a tune up once I started running the 800, yeah, and I feel like, and uh, please tell me if I'm wrong here, but it does feel like when you run the 1500 meters without a rabbit, that it's not a whole lot different than the 800. I mean, it's, it's, it's different, but it's not as if like, hey, you go out with a pacer and you have a consistent pacing. We've seen so many 1500 meters um, at championship meets where the first 600 meters is almost run at like a 5K, 10K pace. Yeah, I, I guess for the 15, it's... It, it is different when it's, when it's a little tactical. Um, but in in a way, um, it's also different in the sense of, you know, you can, you can really, um, lose focus in in the middle part, you know, from 800 to 1200. Um, and so in, in that sense, it's, it's mentally, it is a little different. Oh, I believe it. Yeah. So your plan is to basically be racing, um, you know, for a week, week and a half, which is really exciting. And obviously something that you have been training, training to do, uh, at this point, when you're in these prelim rounds, knowing the competition, knowing how, um, how steep all of these, the steep level of competition for every single one of these races is, is just the idea to just, Hey, go full out each one, or is there some level of saving yourself for the next round when you're preparing for these? Um, so I kind of go into these just, uh, you know, competing and, and not counting anyone out. You know, I've seen crazy things happen in championship races and that's why there's championships. Um, just because, you know, on any given day, you know, someone can show up that wasn't supposed to show up. Um, and so I guess the approach has always been to, you know, run hard and run through the line. Um, it, it, it just kind of feel, feeling it out, right? Like if the race is it could be one in a one fifty, there's no need to, you know, run a one forty five. And so it just kind of um, going off the race and 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 the pace, you know, that that people kind of want to run that day. Um, that's kind of the approach, right? But if people go hard in the prelim, then you know you got to go hard, right? And for people who are unaware or just need a refresher, what is the what are the methods by which you go from one, you know, one one you know one one level to the next? So you go from you know the prelim to the semifinal and then the final. 
So it, it pretty much starts with 32 athletes and 16 move on to the semifinal. And then from the semifinal, only eight move on to the final. And so I think it's top, it starts with top three and then the next four fastest times. And then it's like top two or, or it might be top three and then the next two fastest times. Gotcha. All right. So depending on exactly how many people are in each heat, the idea of having a faster time is important. It's not simply a matter of being, you know, second or third, that in terms of maybe getting to the final, getting the, again, fastest time compared to other people in other heats can be important. Oh, for sure. So um, that that's another thing. And, and you know, in the past, uh, early on in my career, it, you know, I, I kind of had been one of those people that snuck in on time, um, you know, finished fifth in the heat, but was fast enough to move on to the next round um, due to time. So, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, the faster you run, you know, you give yourself a better shot of advancing. Hey, folks, the Road to the Trials podcast is presented by Koros Wearables, makers of performance GPS watches that help athletes train to their best. Athletes like world record marathoner Elliot Kipchoge and multi-time U.S. champion Emma Coburn trust Koros watches to track their training from long runs to track workouts with their innovative track mode, which I Frankly, I'm just going to input this. I love their track mode. This is one of the reasons I love these watches. You can measure your next track workout to near perfection, whether you've got 400 meter repeats in lane one or a four mile tempo in lane five. You can trust Coral's watches to provide the stats that you crave. So show your support for the brands that support this podcast and pick up the Pace 2, the latest GPS watch on the market. Enter code TRIALS at checkout on Coros.com. That's C-O-R-O-S.com for free accessory with your purchase. You can just pick whichever one you like after you enter the code. So when you use the Coros product, you know you're getting a premium watch design, tested, and perfected by the athlete and for the athlete. Give Coros a follow on Instagram or on Facebook at Coros Global. Coros, explore perfection. No, absolutely. All right, so do you, have you seen um, either mock-ups or been to the uh, the new stadium that you're going to be competing in? No, I mean, I've seen it on TV, but I haven't been to it since they built it. Um, I've been to Old Hayward Field, but not the new one. So I've only seen it on TV. So I, what I heard was that they have like a practice track underneath it. Is that is that where people warm up? Um, so they had a practice track on the back of it. Um, I don't know oh, if that's okay. if that's still there or not. But yeah, I don't really. They might have had a straightaway to do strides like at the bottom of the bleachers. But that's that's pretty much it. Okay. All right. So I was thinking about just in terms of being able to being being completely warmed up and going through your normal pre-race uh, stuff. I wasn't sure if it was obviously you you've run at so many different places. Obviously, when you're at a place that just has like one track, it's a little bit more restrictive versus a place that has a you know a larger facility where you have other places to warm up and things along those lines. Um, where I can imagine you know depending on the availability, it would also kind of shift maybe how long you're out there warming up. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely nice when a facility has, you know, a, a track next to it where, you know, you're able to um, do, you know, good strides and spikes and kind of just walk over, you know, the 10, 15 minutes before you, you need to get on the track just because, 
typically it's it's hard to um when they when they call you in to you know get solid strides in with your spikes just because you know you're there waiting and once once you know you're they call you up it's like they do introductions and then you know it's your turn to go race and um so it's it's sometimes hard to you know really get good strides and spikes but when when there's a track you know right next door it makes it so much easier oh i can imagine all right so getting ready for that getting ready to to hit the track you're going through your warm-up are you someone who listens to music to get ready um no i mean uh, before like when i'm doing active drills before i even start my warm-up i'm in, and i'm kind of stretching and rolling out um sometimes i do but when i'm when i'm warming up i don't i mean i, I don't like carrying a phone <laughs> in my hand um and so no i just kind of you know just kind of look around and and feel it out okay so do you go through do you like any mantras or certain visualizations or things that you're like a a repetitive thing that you like to tell yourself as you're preparing to get yourself in the right mindset? Yeah. I mean, I think I just, you know, do positive reinforcement with words, but, um, at the end of it all, I think my preparation has been the same, um, during workouts and stuff. And so there's, there's not much to change, right? Like, you know, I've, I've warmed up thousands of times. I've been to meets thousands of times. And so there's, there's no reason to, to freak out just for this one meet, you know? Um, so no, I think just, like I said, I having the experience of being to, you know, other USA championships, um, has prepared me well for, for a meet like the Olympic trials. Yeah. I mean, I love getting into this with, with you because I know that, you know, as, as an elite athlete, obviously like you're a pro, you're not going to be worried about this necessarily, but you want to put yourself in the right mental mind frame to be ready to roll so that once the gun goes off, you're at your peak level. So walk me through when you're entering, you know, your lane and you're about to, you're, you know, you're lined up and you're in this, you're in the spot where you're getting your feet set and your hands set and you're ready to go, but it's right before the gun goes off. Do you, what, what are you saying to yourself or what are you doing to clear your head? Where, where are you mentally in that moment? So at that point, you know, I just, my, I think my body is just, it, it knows that it's, it's go time. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's been many times where you go up to the line and, and you feel like trash and, you know, your legs feel heavy, but um, it's one of those things where you got to trust your training and your preparation. Um, and like I said, my body, I think has adapted well to know, like, no matter how it feels, it's, you know, it's go time and you, you need to go. And so usually you know, after 200 meters in, you know, my, my body kind of does its own thing and takes over and, um, it just becomes one of those many races where I've done. And, you know, my body just kind of is focused on positioning and, and ready to strike or ready to go when any, any move is made. Now, do you know in your warm up if you're going to have one of those really spectacular days or is there a certain part of the race where you where it really starts to click in, where you become aware that it could be, again, one of those special moments? Yeah. So, you know, typically d during the warm up, sometimes um, it's, you know, you, you as you're doing strides or, or whatever, um, you, you know, you feel a little heavier than usual and, you know, you don't feel the pop. Um, but and then you're like, freak, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know you're you're really trying to get loose but your body isn't 
cooperating, but that that's usually when when you know like okay, today it's you know it's just gonna be one of those days where I don't feel the greatest, but you know need to go out there and, and perform. Does the warm up ever a lie? Like, did you ever go through the warm up and you're like, oh man, like it's not there, and then you then the race comes about and you're like, all right, no, I'm good, I'm ready to roll. Yeah, I mean, actually in Texas this two or two weeks ago, yeah, we were there and it was super hot and humid. And, um, I, yeah, after the, you know, my warm up, I was, you know, jogging for 15 minutes, you know, I felt drained that, you know, it was so hot that I just, I didn't feel a pop in my legs. Um, and I, you know, go over to the track and I'm doing some strides. Um, and I don't really feel, you know, that pop in my legs. Um, but you know, I just got out there compete and I finished the race and, you know, I PR, you know, it was a small PR, but I PR and I was just <laughs> not confused, but I was just like, eh. you know, like didn't try to PR and I came out with the PR. And so it was just interesting that, um, how bad I felt, you know, I mean, my focus was just to win. I wasn't really chasing a time. Um, and so it was interesting, um, to, you know, come out with the PR without really trying to PR and feeling like trash. Um, so it's just positive reinforcement um, that whenever, you know, there's good weather and ideal conditions to, to run a fast time that, you know, I'll be ready to go. I can imagine that being a huge gift that experience was because now you can look forward and like, all right, another race that happens, whether it's this weekend, next year or you know, four years from now at the next Olympic trials where you can be like, it doesn't matter how I feel in the warm up. Remember that race in Texas? You got a PR and you felt like garbage. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't a coincidence for me to go out there and, you know, PR feeling terrible. Um, we put in lots of work, you know, in the, in the fall and got a good base and, you know, it's, it's finally going to start showing. So, I mean, shoot, you have been crushing it. For the past, for over the past month, and it really was. You look at your results earlier in the year; it's been kind of a linear progression in terms of your race results in a lot of ways. And again, it's not simply a test of your fitness. Obviously, that was part of it. Like you were kind of training through some of those meets, and you early in the season, the, the point wasn't to run the fastest time of the year, and all of that. But it, it really does seem like you're coming into your own. What is your confidence level like coming into the race into these meets? Um, yeah, I think I'm. Um... You know, I think I'm really confident um, to, you know, feel the, the strongest I've ever been. And just my experience in the past has really helped me come in to these meets, uh, just knowing um, like, oh, I've, you know, I've ran fast in the past, not being as strong. Like, I, I, I just wonder what I what I'm going to be able to run this year, um, knowing, you know, how, how my workouts have gone so much faster and, you know, and how good I felt running faster. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I think I'm in a good spot. Um, ready to roll. This is exciting. I'm so excited for you, Abe. Is, you know, we got the 800s first, the 1500s after that. Um, yeah, it, it, it's amazing to see how everything has progressed over the past couple of months and see you, you know, really at the, at the top of every race you competed in recently. I loved how at the trials of miles race, um, this was a couple of weeks ago, they, they talked to you after the race and, and the first thing you were like, said to them was like, Hey, you should have had me in heat one, man. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's just part of it had, you know, it's just like, like I said, I feel like I've been running consistently and, and I'm, I'm a good racer. And so it was just kind of annoying, you know, for, for them to have me in a second heat, but it was just like, you know, I'm just going to go into it, you know, no matter what, what heat I'm in, uh, you know, kind of after talking to my dad, he kind of gave me a good insight. He's like, Hey, don't worry about it. Just, you know, whatever heat they put you in, just go and show them. And so that's kind of been my new approach just cause it's, it's men- mentally draining, you know, trying to figure out whether, you know, they're going to move you to, to a different heat. And it's just like, you know, when my focus shouldn't be on that, it should just, you know, be on the race itself. Right. And shoot, even if they do put you in heat that you don't think you belong in, hey, just 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 run on revenge. Yeah. So that was kind of like the <laughs> that was kind of like why, you know, I felt the way I felt. But, you know, it's OK. Well, you're here now, man. You're, you're here. You're going to be in Eugene in a day and it's going to be super exciting. Um, are you going to be able to watch Ali compete? Uh, yes. So. I don't really know the schedule yet, but I mean, we're, we'll be both competing on the same days. And so um, I'm hoping I get to race first and then I get to see her. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so you don't have to waste all the mental energy cheering her on. Yeah. But, you know, what? It, what doesn't matter. And who knows, man? Maybe it, 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 I can see it being the benefit of like racing first so that you can just like be all in on her race. But also, you never know. Like, who knows? Maybe she race runs first goes out and crushes it, and you're like, oh, yes. Now I'm even more pumped. Let's go kill this thing. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. I think all year, she's I've, no, she's been the one that races first, and she kind of sets the tone, and yeah, it works out either way. This is great. I can't wait to watch. This is going to be so exciting. Uh, in the show notes to this, I'll link to the schedule so people can have a, an idea of, um, of what the schedule is going to look like. I haven't seen the heat lineups in terms of like, who exactly was racing in each heat in the exact time frame? I've seen like the block scheduling, like, all right, like between three and four, this event's happening or things like that. I haven't seen like the specific heat sheets. Do you know if those are out yet? No, not that I know. Okay. All right. Well, when they do, I'll make sure people are aware of them. Abe, hey, best of luck, my man. Awesome. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. This has been a production of the Rambling Runner Podcast Network. Thank you to my producer, David Margetti from InPost Media. Also, thank you to Metapi for the music and his song, Evolution.